Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everyone. Over the past 20 years, I I bet you can't even count how many times and how many shows we have done that talked about, addressed, or attempted to address the issue that we have, which was an issue. It's not an issue anymore. It is a serious, serious problem. And that has to do with what we're doing to our earth and what we're doing to our earth with plastics. You've heard us talk about it. You've heard us explain that unlike pretty much anything else, doesn't go away. Today, joining me here today is someone that is equally passionate and purposeful, a social entrepreneur, CEO of True Earth. And this is a conversation that has to do with what's the state of affairs today and what is Brad Liskey doing about it? Brad, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You know, when I started this 20 years ago, I was kind of hoping I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today in a situation that's worse yeah. than it was 20 years ago. I was really hoping it. Yeah. Well, at yeah. least it's happening. It could be, yeah. you know, a year from now, but it's happening now. So we'll take that win. <laughs> Let's take that win. You know, I mean, there there probably are quite a few wins, but from where you sit, um, there are some questions that I know you wake up with. I know I wake up with. I grew up on the East Coast and I absolutely understand what it's like to completely pollute the beaches of New Jersey um, and to do it in a way that's just hardly recognizable. I want to ask you from where you sit. Um, tell me about how would you describe where we are today? You know, I'm I'm an optimist at heart. So, you know, we're at the beginning of a solution is where where we're at today. So I think we have we do have a problem and I'm glad it's not an issue. As you said, it's it's a problem, you know, in that the latest Greenpeace report shows that only five percent of the plastic that we generate is actually recycled. That means that 95 percent of it ends up in landfills, oceans, even the air we breathe. And it stays around for hundreds of years. There's a there's a stat that rattles me to the core, and and is part of my mind shift every day. Is that every three minutes, plastic pollution, the weight of a humpback whale, mm. is dumped into the ocean. Every three minutes of every day, and that's what gets me up in the morning. Mm. You know, one of the things too that I I think that if you and I was sitting down at a conversation, you know, I think we both had to have our own level of awakening. Mine was stepping on a hypodermic needle on the Jersey Shore place I that I, yeah, right. And a place that I love to go frequently. And that was the turning point for me. But as an optimist, I am too. 
I want to talk to you about, you know, what the effort is, the, the effort is that you all are doing. And let's talk about what we are optimistic about, if we could, for a minute, Brad. Absolutely. We're a big, we have a saying here at True Earth, and that it'll take many small hinges to swing this very big door. And each one of us can be a hinge on that door, and we can take that first step in our own homes. So we can simply choose products without plastic packaging. For example, you know, we launched our company with our, our zero waste True Earth laundry detergent that didn't have plastic packaging, and, but our recent innovation was the dishwashing detergent. So we produced a tablet with no plastic packaging and none of that little individual wrapping. So those, those innovations, and there's other companies being generated and being created now, other entrepreneurs that are, that are bringing things to market to bring us that hope that we need. You know, this is really, I, I want to talk about this for a minute because the solution to me sounds so easy. But of course, we understand the economic and the monetary impact of the way we develop products here in not just the United States, but in the world. I mean, I know we are really focusing a minute on the United States and Canada, perhaps. But when we look at the conditions in other countries who don't have this level of awareness that we've had for multiple decades, uh, the situation is even a, a little bit more grim. But we do live in the world of solutions. I mean, look at us. Look at the innovations we're creating. What is it going to take for us to move the needle a little bit to say, wait a minute, you can still create profits and you can still treat the earth kindly? Absolutely. I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in, in kind of a, an intersectionality between social responsibility, environmentalism, and capitalism, that it is in that heart of where those three connect that, that will make the most change. And I, I think there's a, there's a reality that's coming, and we're living proof that, that an organization can thrive. We're one of the fastest growing companies you know, in the last four years because people are wanting to make a change. They, they actually want to, to live a more sustainable life. So all we did was was facilitate that with one easy product in one room and then another room and another room and another room as time went on. But the reality is we just want to give people an easy to use, effective way to, to help save the planet. And, and that's, that's the key is that we got to get over this uh, easy to use and effective. Once you're over that hump, the, the rest becomes easy. There's absolutely no question about that. I mean, we've seen that across the board. You know, once upon a time, everything was in plastic. Now we're seeing things in the grocery store, you know, not put in plastic. I mean, it's it's a fascinating mm -hmm. world we're living in. I really want us to accelerate this. Let's do this. What is the best way for people to find out more about what you're doing and what your organization is doing? Yeah, I guess the, the easiest way is uh, through the website at, at True true.earth, which is tru.earth. Mm -hmm. There you can sign up for the True Change newsletter for real deep dives on, on environmental issues or just read the blog that's on the site. Our products are in 6,000 retail locations across the country and you can join the movement that, that's happening in social media. I think it's going to take more and more people in the conversation. We're fortunate that in, in four years, we're in 78 countries already um, and continuing to grow. This movement has, has really taken on and and being a part of it um, is is what we need to do as as, as citizens. 
I want to talk to you about uh, the impact of this and some of the misunderstandings. It's misunderstanding. Um, I was part of, believe it or not, <laughs> the state of New Jersey was one of the first to lead the way with recycling. And how do I know that? Yes. We had to create a campaign in the company I work for that the state took on. And we did it in a fun way. For paper recycling, we created the purple paper eater. I know you got to laugh a little bit okay. with it. You got to uh-huh. laugh. You got to laugh. But think Love. about it. You're in corporate America and you're telling people in businesses and research facilities, they have to recycle. And if you don't find an innovative way, you're out of the game. But here's where we are today. And I was shocked. The many times I visited the state of Hawaii and they didn't have recycle. And I don't think the public knows that there are so many, many places that don't even recycle. I mean, that's the shocker yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of that Greenpeace report. If somebody really wants to, to drill in, they should, they should read that. Mm-hmm. But just because the plastic has a, an emblem and a number doesn't mean it's recyclable. Each one of those numbers means something different. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that is even if you have a bottle that is recyclable, but your community doesn't have a recycling facility to accept it, that's it right. doesn't matter. So, and that's the problem. And, and it's not just in, in the U.S. It is a global mm-hmm. problem. This is, this is something that we, and that's why recycling, unfortunately, is not our answer. The only answer is to not create the single-use plastic in the first place. It seems so logical, but we didn't, as I said, we didn't need that plastic five decades ago. No. And you see, this is what I love about this. And thank you for taking me. I know you're going to you're going to take off in a minute here, but that is the solution. You know, we are so filled with innovation that and you nailed it. And, you know, as somebody in the household, right, if you're listening to this, you're going to be looking for ease of use, especially if you are also conscious of treating the earth kindly. But if you can check off your list, oh, this is easy to use. Oh, this is easy to get. Then all of the objections around that are removed off the table. And isn't that really what you stepped out of the gate and have done? You've removed those objections that most buyers, and I'm going to say women for the moment, but most buyers are like, oh my gosh, it's so hard. Really? I have to do that. Didn't you remove that objection? Yeah. And I think that is, and we want to be change makers. We all do. And, but it, it is starting. We're busy. We get it. So this is an easier way of doing things. It, it's just, it becomes one of those, really, this is that easy. Um, and that, <laughs> that's where you got to try it. And that's why we got people, you know, we have a money back guarantee. Just go to the site and try it. You know, worst case, you don't like it. You call us up and we'll give you your money back. You know, this is, this is not difficult. Uh, we've taken that objection away too. You just got to try it. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you this last question. I, you know, I wish I I wish I could be inside your mind, but I would love to get ah. a sense of you. <laughs> I wish I wish I could. I know that sounded a little invasive, didn't it? Um, but I, I really want to know what you're what's in there for the vision for the future where you sit today. You've created really game changers. But where do you see you all wanting to go? Yeah, and, and it's scary inside my mind, so I wouldn't <laughs> want you in there. Um, you know, I, I have a dream, and, and that is when we open the, the doors underneath the kitchen sink or in the laundry mm. room or in the bathroom, you don't see any plastic. 
uh, that's that's when when I know we've we've moved our way forward. We will. I will not stop until we have eradicated single-use plastic in the house. That is that is my mission. That is why I wake up every day, and that it is in that hope that uh, we can we can all change the world. Wow. I have one last question. Again, please give out your website. I'd love to know your personal message, and thank you for joining us here today. Yeah. Well, I'm, it's so great to be here. So again, uh, True Daughter T R U dot Earth as the best place to go and and really our critical cause is to make true lasting change that helps save the planet so if you give it a try you will be part of the change makers and and we're all change makers thank you brad i want to just say something to all of you listening the next time you go to grab something off the shelf or your grocery store i just want you to think a minute just take a minute just just one little minute just like stop hit the pause button and ask yourself is there something else I can buy to substitute for this thing that's in plastic? And the only reason I'm saying that to you is we didn't even get into the effects of plastic today. We're just trying to talk to you about the plastic problem. We have to do a whole nother show about that conversation. Brad, thank you so much for joining me here today. Great to be here. Thank you. All right. You bet. Hey, everybody, let's take a break. We'll be right back. TransformationTalkRadio.com. Let the journey begin. Hey, everybody, welcome. I want to introduce you to someone. Um, you all know me. You know I've been doing this show for 20 years. You know I've had my own journey in health and health challenges. You also know I come from uh, a multicultural background, my own uh, ethnicity as well. But what don't you know? Here's what you don't know. Or maybe you do know. There is a disparity that we are not talking about. And you all have heard me talk about it multiple times, especially back when I was an advocate in the 80s for uh, HIV and AIDS. But here's the new, here's the new thing to think about. Did you know, did you know that we may be experiencing a gap? And the gap that I'm talking about is equity in healthcare. Now, how do you close the gap? That's why I've got Dr. Robert A. Wynn joining me here today, Director of Virginia Commonwealth University Massey Cancer Center, joining me today. He's he's a leader in this field. And what is he a leader in? He's a leader in promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion in the oncology workforce, optimizing cancer healthcare outcomes for all people. This is now at the core, because if you want to eradicate disparity, you have to find at the very nature, the core essence of where it may start. Today, a game-changing program that aims to create diversity in clinical trials. And if you are not doing it in clinical trials, I don't know how the heck you actually do it in reality. Dr. Wynn, it's great to have you here. Oh my God, it's so good to be with you. And uh, 
thank you for just shedding light on this issue. And just thank you for what you have been doing over the last 20 years. Appreciate you. Uh, you know, I have to tell you, you know, thank you for educating and informing us because somehow you must have been touched. Uh, your heart must have been touched very deeply because you are at what we call the root of something like this. And I want to ask you about this. Uh, you know, in order for you to be and take on what you've taken on and and these these trials and what you've done here, you know, this award program is phenomenal. But I want to know what touched your heart? What have you seen over the years in your practice that really brings this call to action in an urgency state? Oh, I such a, you know what? I, I'm glad that you brought up my two favorite words. Action, yeah, call to action and urgency. Yes. So the basic premise, the basic premise of this was that the motivation for this was that it was clear to me or it became clear to me over time that people actually don't even know what a clinical trial was. So That's let right. me just break it down into plain English. In cancer, when you have met the end of the standard of care, whether that's the standard chemotherapy or the standard of care at that moment, and there is nothing else, the standard of care in the 21st century is access to clinical trials. In fact, people get it confused that clinical trials these days, particularly in oncology space and others, is an experimentation as opposed to an extension of care. And this program was created to take that message head on, not to the academics, not to other clinicians, but to take that information head on to our communities so that they may benefit from the power of science as opposed to being afraid of it. Yeah. And, you know, let's uh, thank you for that, because we have to start at a place where we're explaining things. Right. I know I've done this multiple times, especially my own illness really brought brought a lot of things to light. Uh, but I want to ask you this. There's a disparity that I do not think people understand. And I, I think what we, we what I want to share is like some of the numbers, some of the statistics. We need to have clinical trials that literally reflect the makeup in the United States. And I think we're so far off from that, but maybe that's just me, Dr. Wynn. Oh, no, you are spot on. And, and by the way, I want to actually bring this to an even, I want to take it up a notch and say that this is not just an issue of African-Americans and Latinos. It turns out if you close your eyes and you map rural white communities, you couldn't tell them apart from the poor outcomes as African-American communities. In fact, in prostate cancer, not only is it ridiculous that prostate cancer, which is treatable, that African-American men still have a three times more worse outcomes than everyone else, but if you look closely, you can go to your rural and frontier areas and see as equally a disturbing amount of people not on trials and having poor outcomes from their disease. And so the funny part about, as I talk about disparities and equity, is that when I say equity, I mean equity for all, yeah. for Black, for Latino. But actually, interesting enough, as when we think about the West, most of us think that in the frontier and the rural areas, they're doing fine. The numbers do not lie, and they do not actually say that those communities are doing fine. They're doing very poorly. And I think that the power is, how do we get the power of science to impact not just some of the people who get to the academic centers, but can get to any center 
that's my goal. Yeah. And, you know, you're so right. I mean, look, maybe time for another show. We can talk about this. But one of the benefits that came out of the uh, opioid uh, expose was the look at where the use was and to shine the light, which was very shocking for some people, Dr. Wynn, to find out that, wait a minute, when you go down to the South, where my family's from, when you go down to South and you start to look at some of the numbers coming out of there, we weren't just talking about what most people expected to see. We were talking about the populations that you just mentioned. But this is what you're doing. You are here now today to say, wait a minute, we've got a solution. This is not an illusion to have a beautifully equitable health system and trial system. That's not fantasy land. You're actually doing something to make it happen. Tell us about that if you could. Oh, I love that. I, I, I've been saying that the future is here. Um, yeah. And hopefully I'll get everybody to actually recognize that. First of all, what we're doing with this program is that we're flipping the script in that we're not just allowing a brilliant scientist to come up with a molecule that then becomes a medicine that then takes it to a trial. We're challenging that model. We're saying that that model is good, but when people can't get to you, your, your, your clinical trial does no good. What would actually happen if we took that same brilliant trialist and we not only trained them how to design the best trials and implement, but what would actually happen if we taught them how to engage with the community early as they were designing their trials to make it more accessible so that they would understand the challenges of sounds like a good idea, but this community will have this challenge. How do you address the challenge to make it easier for people to get on your clinical trials? What if we actually had the next generation of clinical trialists who understood that even in poor rural uh, uh, communities of colors, that there were assets and how to better leverage the assets to be more effective in our communication strategy so that we got more people accessible and access to these trials. That could be a game changer. And that is what we're doing. Yeah, I, I love that you brought this up because one of the things that is so important to remember is that we can enter a gateway of looking at a group of people. And we do that. You know that. I know that. And what we can do is we can look at them as if there is nothing beneficial but you and I both know, and I know this, I'm alive today because of what I learned growing up in the projects. I'm just saying. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is what I'm trying to say. We have to find out and understand the subcultures that we live in and look at the beauty and the benefits they bring and understand. For example, there's nothing more collective than you see in both the African-American and the Latino community. I mean, the collective culture in the United States, which is known to be individualistic, but this is what you're doing, aren't you? You're not doing a one size fits all, right? That's right. And, and in fact, one of the other things we're not doing, many people talk about bringing agency to communities. You can't mm -hmm. bring agency to communities that already have it. I always say that the communities that we wanna work with and that we wanna impact already have power. What they lack is the knowledge that we have, in part because we've been very ineffective of getting the message out to them. So programs like this and programs like the, the Robert A. Wynn Diversity and Clinical Trial Scholars is now attempting to break down that last barrier 
that says it's not, it ain't good enough to be smart. You have to have to be smart and be able to communicate in the language of the people effectively if we really think that our science is going to have the best impact. And training the next generation of young people, I wish you could see these folks. They are so just excited about how we can bring the science, how we can bring trials, and how we can bring in the community at the very beginning to ensure that their trials are doing what it's supposed to do. It's just been the best experience. And, you know, I have to thank you again, because you're out in the forefront of this. Now, I want to take a minute, and I want to let folks know, one, how do they support what you're doing, if we could, Dr. Wynn? And how do they get involved? How do they find out more information? Because, you know, this has got to be about paying it forward. You know, one of the things I've learned about communication in this arena for 20 years is that you pay things forward. And one of the most important things to pay forward is information. How do we find out more? Absolutely. The easiest way would be if you go to your telephone or you go to your laptop, if you put in Robert A. Wynn, W-I-N as a Nancy, N as a Nancy, diversity in clinical trials, you'll pull up the webpage and you'll be able to start your journey. The other thing I'm really excited about is that in my lifetime, I'm a witness to understanding that there are more people living with cancer now than dying from it. And I'm a witness to understanding that there are women that we would have given up for debt 20 years ago with advanced stage, for example, breast cancers, who are here today as a result of these trials, not just surviving, but literally thriving. And in fact, I'm hopeful that um, not only our clinicians, our medical students, but other people uh, within our communities also want to participate in figuring out how to find out more and how we can work together in making sure that we can give the message that there is hope um, and that hope does exist in clinical trials. Dr. Wynn, I want to thank you. And, you know, look, I I am I am keeping a really solid eye on this because I know what you're on to right here. I know what you're on to is going to really close that gap that I mentioned. I know it because we're now getting at the root of the root of the root. And when you get people excited, like you are with these, you know, this next generation, when you get people this excited, what you do is you imprint in their heart and then their knowledge, their intellect and their science combines with that to create the next level innovators that understand the hearts of other people. I cannot thank you enough for that. Oh, well, thank you so much. And, uh, I am super excited about what you do in bringing information to our communities in a consistent basis and actually pushing us. One of the things I said to someone is that this program is the first step in not building trust with the community so much as it is building trustworthiness within our institutions so we could in the future actually have a shot at really building a solid, more solid foundation with our community with trust. Wow. Dr. Wynn, give out that website one more time and thank you again. Yep. Um, you can go to Robert A. Wynn, W-I-N as a Nancy, N as a Nancy, uh, diversity in clinical trials. You look that up, that'll take you to the webpage and um, you'll be off and running to a lot of, we hope, wonderful information. I love it. Dr. Wynn, thank you so much. And for all of you out there, there is so much more. Please go and visit this. I want to ask you to pass it on, pay it forward. Please, those of you out there that are connected to the universities, especially here in the Pacific Northwest, please make this a priority. Pay it forward. And let's see if we can all together close the gap. Dr. Wynn, thank you. Oh, thank you so much.
All right, everybody, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. You've been listening, but are you watching? Tune in to your favorite shows on the Transformation Talk Radio Facebook page. We stream live video podcasts every day. Hey, everybody, welcome to our good news segment. If you're like me, well, if you're any part of a Sagittarian, you are itching to do some traveling. And so what does that look like? Jillian Marks is joining me here today, Media Relationships, Newfoundland and Labrador Tourism. Now let's talk about this for a minute because what does it mean to take a look at places so beautiful and for those of you in the United States, so close. And what is it that we don't know about the beauty of what Jillian's gonna talk about? Because we are looking for places to go to, to not just shift our perspective right now, but to literally take us on an adventure. And Jillian, isn't this what you're talking about today? And boy, don't you have the funnest job. Absolutely. I absolutely <laughs> do. I keep bragging that I have the, the best job in government in Newfoundland and Labrador, that's for sure, uh, in terms of communications. Um, it's really interesting that uh, you open that way because I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, travelers are looking for a little bit of a shift and they're looking for things that feed their soul again, that uh, change them in some way and that can leave um, a lingering great feeling. And Newfoundland and Labrador is definitely that kind of destination. Um, there is so many things you can do that are these once in a lifetime opportunities um, that there's no question it will linger with you for years to come. And you know, you, you, this is what's so exciting about talking with you today. These are two amazing places that we don't talk about uh, uh, enough. They're kind of like your best kept secret, sort of. But people are really looking to create memories. And these are two places that will help them do that. Tell us a little bit about the memories that you can think of from these places for yourself. Oh, what a great question. Well, you know, um, I've been doing this this um, job a long time. And um, so I raised my family uh, doing this. I have two boys who are in their 20s now. And one of the things I did was I um, tried to get them around to as many places in this province uh, so that they could experience it and know how amazing it is. Uh, there's no question... Uh, Going into the fjord, Western Brook Pond, this is a freshwater fjord. This is glacial water. The, uh, the, the cliffs are, are surrounding you thousands of feet high, and it is absolutely stunning. And there's waterfalls there. And, you know, we learned that the water turnover 
uh, is very slow. So it might take 10 years for Mm -hmm. that to happen. And therefore, the water is really cold and not much lives in it. Um, But it's absolutely stunning. And this would rival anything you'd see in Norway. The uh, Lansom Meadows is the only authenticated Viking settlement in North America at the tip of the northern peninsula on the island portion of Newfoundland and Labrador. And it's one of those places where when you walk onto that land, you know that there have been generations of people and um, and and there's a, a, a sort of an intrinsic intelligence about the place. Um, it is rather barren, but this is where Leif Erikson made landfall and stayed for about 10 years in this area. And it's really magnificent. And then right next door is... Um, Norstead, which is sort of more of a family-friendly uh, port of call, Viking port of call. So user-friendly type of thing where you kind of see what was going on. But this uh, this archaeological site is really very profound. Those sorts of things. I've gone caving. Um, I've actually gone snowmobiling in that area uh, way up on the cliffs and, and looked down into that fjord um, and realized that you know, I'm just a little speck on this planet. And it's a quite, quite a humbling um, moment in your life. And I've kind of gotten past um, personal fears, even, um, and doing them anyway. And I feel like I've grown as a person as a result. Mm. Um, it, it is a really fantastic place to, to yeah. grow as a person. Um, I want to tell you, for those of you just tuning in, Jillian Mark's joining me here today, responsible, responsible for getting the message out to all of us, uh, Newfoundland, Labrador. And, and this is what I want to say to everybody listening. We're talking about North America. I just want to be clear, because for a moment, if you were listening, you were thinking it was someplace else. It's not. It's literally in our backyard. And what I love about what you said, if we can just touch on it for a minute, not only are there historical momentous events you can have adventures you can have i love that you i mean you brought up caving oh my goodness right but there's something here for families and that's so important to talk about for a minute it's it's an experience that whether you're traveling and you're a a trekker like some of my friends who just want to climb and do things or you want to have an experience with your family because you really haven't been able to do that for a couple of years this is so beautiful and it has thousands of years of history, correct? Absolutely. There's uh, an archaeological site here that dates back 7,500 years. There's a, an, an indigenous child buried there. 9,000 years of human history. And the thing is that there, there are varying degrees of anything. So, for instance, hiking, there's 300 different different trails um, that you can hike on in all parts of the province. And Newfoundland is the island and Labrador is the mainland portion. And um, so you can do things that are um, leisurely and easy and still stunning and beautiful. And you can watch whales dance while you're doing that. You can challenge yourself a little more with other, um, like the damnable trail in, in central Newfoundland, but you can go to gross more. And again, you can do the uh, long range traverse depends on what you're interested in. 
And there are things in Grossmore National Park, which is 50 years old this year, um, that everybody can do. Like, so there's there's the Tableland Mountains that are a part, uh, that are geological wonder. They're the Earth's mantle at the surface, about 2,000 feet above sea level. So just imagine as a child climbing what looks like Mars uh, to the top of the bottom of the Earth. It's crazy. And there's carnivorous plants there. So you almost feel like you could see a dinosaur walk out at any moment. But then there's a beautiful little um, writer's festival that happens right there in that area in Woody Point. That's 20 years old this year. So you can do these really magnificent readings by international authors. Uh, There's great music always to play. And then there's also a great hike. So Writers in the uh, Woods is is this wonderful hike where you go along with the author and a musician. And right in the middle of nature, you get this magnificent experience. And it's all right on the water. So there's boat tours. You can do um, Experience Mechapisk, which is Grossmorn Adventure adventures right on the west coast you can do a little boat tour in a zodiac you can do some uh, hiking and cooking and it's really great it's very interactive I've heard it's a great experience for children and, and it's an indigenous experience so there's so much to learn from our indigenous cultures yeah I'm you know what I'm struck by um having moved to the Pacific Northwest in 1994 I'm really struck by the discovery I made here, which was uh, certainly not as uh, uh, vividly visual as you described. You know, we don't have the mantle of the earth showing that I know of, but the whole idea to be traveling around, you know, to know that there is an island that could give you such adventure and to know that there's still, like we say, a mainland or a shoreland, you know, where you can do other things. This is very special. And, you know, based on every survey we've taken, people are looking for this. They're looking for beauty and nature and connection. They really are looking for this now. Now, look, how do we find out more? I mean, those people that are listening that are thinking, let's give us a website. How do we, how do we book our trip? So NewfoundlandLabrador.com is a great website. Um, the help desk is there for any of the questions you might have. We have 1-800-563-NFLD. If you'd like to speak to somebody, a travel counselor, and just know that we are on your doorstep. This is Canada and we're very close by, but we're the most easterly point in Canada. So we have this really unique, um, culture and experience. I mean, there's there's all different kinds of dialects that you'll hear in different places you go. So it seems like it's um, this international experience, but it's right on your doorstep. And of course, Labrador um, is even larger in terms of a landmass yeah. with only 30,000 people there. Uh, but it is uh, accessible. The South Coast is quite accessible. And you can drive now uh, called Expedition 51. The Trans-Labrador Highway is finally paved. It's a long drive, <laughs> but you can do it. <laughs> But but isn't that part of the adventure that people are looking for? I mean, you know, what you just described is absolutely beautiful. And I just want to mention for those of you that are just texting me, yes, you don't spell it 
Finland. You spell it found, F-O-U-N-D. Just want to be clear when you go to look at them, it's pronounced differently. But when you look for it, it's N-E-W-F-O-U-N-D-L-A-N-D and Labrador.com. Right. right. And it's um, it's pronounced uh, similar to understand Newfoundland. <laughs> Good. Look, I got a couple more questions for you before you pop off. Um, You've done a lot to make this travel off the beaten path, so to speak, and discovery of these these two amazing places. There's been a lot done to really open up the doors, you know, and really what I mean is, you know, come home to Canada, open up the doors, so to speak. And now you've opened up your doors to two of the most spectacular experiences one can imagine. When you think about this, Jillian, from where you sit, and you've seen it, you've lived there. What inspires you most about thinking of the people that will come and explore your beautiful land? I think about the people. I really, uh, we have really made a push to mindfulness and and having the the access to the Newfoundland and Labrador mindset here. And that that is really all about the people you're going to meet. So you can go for a hike or you can go to eat or you can have a boil up on the beach. Um, You can do all these magnificent things, but you do them with people. And the people in Newfoundland and Labrador are so excited to share what this special place has to offer. And usually it's just being and that mindfulness um, that we are longing for now. So the scent of the ocean as you sit there, maybe the crackle of the fire and the freshest codfish right off a pan sitting outside or the best cup of tea you've ever tasted. The people here will make all the difference. And if you take that time and talk to the people, you will all of a sudden realize that you're part of a greater community um, and that connection that we missed so much over the past few years. Yeah, I have to tell you, you mentioned codfish. My experience, uh, uh, my visit and experience many years ago, when we say codfish, we have such an understated view of what that is compared to what you just said. There's nothing like it. Fresh, unbelievably fresh. I mean, melt in your mouth kind of fresh. But that's one experience of the way you all live because the way you all live is, you know, clean air, beautiful living, people, community. You know, this is what we are all really hungry for again. I cannot thank you enough for opening up your doors and, you know, letting us take a glimpse at what has been what I consider one of the best known secrets around. I mean, it's exciting to know that you're talking about it. It was a pleasure chatting with you and we'd love for you all to come up and visit and experience it for yourselves. The door's open. And I must mention one, I must mention one more thing. You, you briefly touched upon it. The forest, the forest experience. Oh my goodness. So we have this landmass here. It's about the same size as Japan. We have 18,000 miles of coastline, but most of it is coastally settled. So 
the mindset we you know uh, on the weekends we go in the woods we've done it our whole lives and the thing is that it's just walking in the woods and recognizing the earth under your feet and the smell in the air or the sound of the birds i mean that is going in the woods some people call it forest bathing yes. um but this is it's access to nature and it's all around you it's so accessible i can literally leave my house or the office and in 10 minutes i'm walking in the woods yeah. and it's quiet and beautiful and it's safe and the clean air and the fresh it's just a it's a really um um, accessible experience that you can have here. Um, and nature, we got to get back to nature. We're desperate for it. Mother Earth knows. And we've got nature and spades here. You can sit on the shores in, in um, June here, Dr. Pat, and see 10,000-year-old icebergs drift south and the largest concentration of humpback whales migrate north. Yeah. Uh, it's really one of nature's playground here. I love it. Julianne, one last question. What's your personal message? Thank you so much. What would you like to leave us with today? We want you to come visit us. We want you to uh, come and meet the people. We want you to experience the beauty of nature. And we want you to feel like you're part of something really special here and have those once in a lifetime opportunities that will always linger with you. So come visit the Kettles On. Thank you so much, everybody. I'm telling you, come home to Canada. This is uh, These are two amazing places. Plenty of time to plan your trip. Plenty of time to find out the adventures. Jillian, thank you so much. Uh, for those of you out there, it's, okay, let me say it again. It's NewfoundlandandLabrador.com. Please check it out. There's a lot more than we've talked about today. And make sure you plan the adventure of a lifetime. Say hi to Jillian when you get there. We'll see you all. Let's take a short break. I want to I want to bring us into our inner space and bring in the energies that I've built here in this meditation. You notice that I have roses here. Well, for the past 2 months or so, I've been working with the rose energy, um the energy of Mother Mary which is being able to bring love to any situation. And that's the pink of the rose petals. And you have obsidian here. You can see its reflective surface. This is a piece of gold obsidian. You see how it kind of shimmers a bit gold-like. We're gonna take this time to enter our own personal underworld, the shadow sides of ourselves, and drop ourselves in we're going to go through this portal using obsidian surrounded by the beautiful rose energy and clear and regroup and rejoin 
all of our intolerant pieces, our judgmental pieces, our prickly sides. So just nice deep breaths in with your nose and out with your mouth. And allow your awareness to move to your heart center. You can see it, visualize it, or feel it, or just know it. Bring yourself in. Bring yourself into this sacred space of your heart. And here's where we're going to ask for all of that pink energy of love, of the high ascended master, Mother Mary, bringing that rose pink energy. Have that swirling around your heart. Feel it and breathe it in and breathe it out. And just let this rose pink, beautiful energy surround you and feel it expanding, sending it out wider than your heart, farther out from your body, above your crown, below your feet, until you're really in a gorgeous cocoon of this beautiful pink ascended, full of love, full of forgiveness. And holding yourself in that gorgeous, gorgeous pink bubble. Call forth anything about you that you wish had been a little better, that you wanted to have done differently, that you might be a little bit ashamed about, that you, you coveted something, you were really angry about something, you were intolerant, jealous, whatever it is, and just bring it forward and put it down into obsidian. Float into the energy of this smoky mirror, an obsidian that can be the sharp arrow-like energy to take us to our target, to take us to our goal, Bring that energy in and let obsidian transmute it. Let those orphans of your soul be cleared and returned to your essence. Bring them one at a time. Maybe something else recurs to you. Oh yeah, you know, I had some road rage. I saw that woman waiting for the parking spot, but I cut in front of her and took it anyway. Whatever you wish you hadn't done that way, let obsidian transmute it. And as you're working that, feel the words of Ho'oponopono. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. Every time something unsavory shows its face, hold it close and transmute it through obsidian. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. 
And as you do that, you can feel the swirling pink rose quartz energy, feeling the love that Mother Mary was able to give even in the worst of times as her son was killed. I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you, thank you. And one by one, just letting those orphans of our underworld bubble up, we own them, we hug them, we love them. And in the love, the energy is transmuted to our personal power. Filling your space with love, clearing any of those prickly parts so that you can go out to the dawn more resilient, more ready to bring goodness to the world, more ready for your contribution I'm sorry, please forgive me, I love you, thank you. Breathing in that beautiful rose energy and sending things through the obsidian portal for transmutation. Healing yourself by loving all your parts. Opening the crack to let the light in. Every piece of us is valuable. Every aspect of us has power. And when we own it, it joins in that core forward current of our power and amplifies it. And breathing a few more minutes, letting the rose pink saturate all of your energy field, your cells, and feel it radiating out from your heart space. See if you can bring rose energy to your day, later today, tomorrow, the rest of the week. See if you could ask the energy of Mother Mary to come teach you how to transform through forgiveness and love. How can we change the world by adding our best selves, by bringing forward our best heart energy? I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. And with one nice deep breath, really searching, using obsidian to reflect our underworld back to us, finding your last parts that need to be owned, that need to be forgiven, that need to be loved. Finding them and bringing them in 
to this gorgeous circle. Remembering to always bring forward the rose pink of love and forgiveness and always be willing to reflect the smoky mirror back to ourselves so that we can bring the orphans home. And absorb that quietly for another moment. The views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station, its management, or advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio.